Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy presented by Ford. We made it through another week, and uh, I'm absolutely delighted to be here with this amazing crew. I'm Susanna Collins, Nico Cantor, Nigel Rio Coker, Aaron West. We've got Ali Trost with some headlines coming for you, and it is obviously Footy Kit Friday. <laughs> obviously, I'm That's wearing right. a Liverpool kit. Y'all know that I am a crazy Liverpool fan. No this is their, on the back their yet. no, no this number on the back. This is this season, and no, I no love it. Shirt? It is so. It's not a shirt. No, I, I. I used to get names on the back, and every time I would do it, they would either get injured or immediately sold. And so I Oh, is that why there's silo on the back? <laughs> oh, you're so nice, old Rio Coker. You're a good one. Uh, but I love this. I love if I. I mean, I'm a Verge fan. I'd probably get a Virgil. Okay. Or, the yeah. Yeah. Virgil? He's their captain now. No, you go get Trent. Stay true to the roots, mate. Academy graduate. You know, Trent. Like Trent. Go, go. so pretty. <laughs> Fair. He is pretty. It's true. <laughs> He's what? a pretty man. He's my captain. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I love this kit. It's fresh. It's clean. And Liverpool. Matt is going to walk it off the desk. <laughs> can I say? What can I say? Big matchup for them, though, this weekend. Uh, they'll be visiting St. James Park as they take on Newcastle. This is going to be uh, a good test, I think, for, for both teams. Newcastle coming off. That 1-0 loss to City that I think they're going to be pretty frustrated by. Liverpool beat Bournemouth 3-1. They didn't start that game well at all. In mm -hmm. fact, I Shaky. was uh, a little bit despondent. Think, you know, the thing that, that drives me nuts about Liverpool is that they are just so susceptible to these mental lapses. In, in, in the first seconds of the game? I know. And then they conceded. You would think that was a wake-up call, right? Just putting themselves on the back foot immediately yeah. doesn't help. Um, I've been very encouraged by uh, the play of Schobeschlei in the, in the midfield. Look at that pronunciation. <laughs> Do you know how hard I've done? <laughs> it's taken me a few weeks to master. Uh, but I think 
defensively, they can still, it, it, it still makes me nervous. And I just wish they had uh, that number six. I still wish they had that number six. So I think Wataruendo is the answer to this that's going to give a little bit more balance to Liverpool. Maybe maybe not the solution, but a quick answer. I, I have faith that Wataruendo can fulfill what Klopp wants to do because the team needs balance. Now, with that, with that six... You have a lot of midfielders that can come in, play the those inside midfield mm -hmm. roles. You've got McAllister, you've got Soboslai, Gakpo can come in, um, and you've got Luis Diaz back to where you want him to yeah. be. Um, I, I'm excited now that they finally have the Japanese international to kind of sort a couple things out in the midfield and, and give Liverpool some more balance because they're going to need it against a Newcastle that... They look sharp. sharp. They look they look like a complete squad. And if yeah, is, they will make you pay too if you make mistakes. This game and the atmosphere is gonna be different then. Mm -hmm. This is the, the the Newcastle fans are really on a high. They narrowly lost to Manchester City. Newcastle have taken big strides. I look at the midfield battle where Newcastle win. You've got Gimaresh, Tonali, mm -hmm. Joe Linton. That's a very strong midfield. That's probably one of the best oh. midfields in the premiership this year. Let's not forget the front three of Isaac, Almiron, and Anthony Gordon. On one side, that's a lot of pace. Isak's Liverpool been so fun to watch. Play that high line, and that's going to be a big danger to them, especially at, Almiron. at Newcastle. Almiron. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. so that that's the problem for me. I think for me, Liverpool look like they've still got a lot of problems. They lose tech, lose uh, concentration at the back. Still look still very vulnerable. Newcastle, for me right now, have taken another step and they're taking it with a big, strong mentality. It could be a classic, like we used to see the four threes with the Alan Shearers. I feel and, like it is going to be a classic. And the Dina and all those players. Oh. But for me, I'll have to say, even for my pick, I'll have to say Newcastle look favourable to finish in the top four by Liverpool. Okay. Liverpool just look like a team in transition. It, it seems like, I know we're making the Salah joke, but it seems like he is one foot out the door, whether or not he is staying or not. The whole team, they're adding Wataru Endo. They have to sort out that midfield. They just don't seem like a set team. And Newcastle seems like they, ha they have their team. They have their, their set tactics. They, they are very familiar with it, each other. That midfield is so, so strong. Mm -hmm. Sandro Tonali coming in to strengthen them. They, they look really, really good. And again, St. James Park is... It is a madhouse. It will be so raucous. Those fans will be behind the team. I, I think that this... I, I give Newcastle the edge here. You, and McAllister not suspended. Not suspended, way. yes. That's they appealed one. that red card that he received uh, in that game that against Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you have to get that in. You have to get that How's in. How's he been for Liverpool? He's been really good. Again, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with those two midfield additions. Uh, but yeah, as Nigel pointed out, defensively, <laughs> a little oh, bit on. to be lacking. Also, Aaron tweeted out. You, what did you tweet out at, during that Bournemouth game? You're like, these Liverpool matches could end. Like, everyone's going to, it's going to end 5-3. Either a 5-3 win or a 5-3 loss. It's, there's not going to be any in between. And I was like, good for you as a neutral. I'm over here dying. I'm enjoying by it from the way. Oh, That's going to be a rough one on Sunday morning for me. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Allie will be back with some headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Uh, let's get into the headlines, and we start with some shocking news this morning. Spanish Football Federation President Luis Rubiales was reportedly set to resign from his position, but has defiantly insisted he isn't going anywhere, despite facing mounting criticism for his behavior after Spain's victory in the Women's World Cup final. The Spanish Federation called a press conference for this morning where Rubiales was expected to resign, but instead chose to use the platform to emphatically hmm. insist that he is not stepping down, repeatedly saying, quote, I am not going to resign. Rubiales kissed Spain star Jenny Hermoso during the medal ceremony after the World Cup final, which drew instant criticism and calls for Rubiales to resign. Hermoso issued a statement on Thursday demanding action against Rubiales and reports soon followed that he would step down. But, of course, Rubiales pulling a shocking U-turn at the press conference this morning. We will keep you posted as this story develops. So this is how liberty dies, with Ugh. thunderous applause. Ugh. It's really, it feels, it, it's It feels icky. It's it does. Icky. But in some Americans abroad transfer news, Flo Balligan is closing in on a new home, and it's the same league he starred in last season. According to multiple reports, AS Monaco has reached an agreement with Arsenal on a reported $49 million transfer for the U.S. M&T striker. Balligan spent last season on loan with Rems, where he scored the fourth most goals in Ligue 1 with 21. And in other Americans abroad news, Gio Reyna returned to training with Borussia Dortmund on Thursday after missing preseason and the first two league matches due to a calf injury that he picked up in the U.S. MNT's CONCACAF Nations League final against Canada. Reyna is unlikely to feature in Dortmund's match against Bochum tomorrow, but is projected to be back after the upcoming international break. And in other transfer news, Man City has made another big money addition, completing the reported $76 million edition of Jeremy Doku. The Belgian winger joins from French side Rennes and gives Pep Guardiola a much-needed attacking option after the recent injury to Kevin De Bruyne that could keep him out for the rest of the calendar season. Doku's ability on the wing should allow City to use Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden as central midfield options to fill in for De Bruyne. And from a complete transfer move for Doku to a player who is still searching for his next move, Romelu Lukaku is a man without a club as Chelsea searches for a buyer for the Belgian striker. That search has now reportedly led Chelsea to consider accepting a loan for Lukaku, and new reports out of Italy have AS Roma as a potential destination. Lukaku played for Inter Milan last season, but a permanent move to Inter fell apart after Lukaku was found to have held discussions with Juventus on a transfer. A potential move to Juve also fell through, but now it appears Jose Mourinho is pursuing a move to have Lukaku join Roma as a replacement for injured striker Tammy Abraham, who is out with a torn ACL. All right, Aaron, you are our resident Serie A expert here. What do you think about this? I actually think Romelu Lukaku to Roma makes perfect sense for all parties involved. I think he is the what Roma are needing, an actual striker. Um, no disrespect to Tammy Abraham, but he has not proved his worth there. He has he's not shown that he is the marquee guy. Only one season. Team. One season. He had a really good season. One season, season yeah. yeah. Then he got injured. That's not another chance yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no, people. No, no. Last season, he Last year, he had a full I give credit where credit to Tammy is a talent. They had a difficult season last season until he got injured, yes. But he still did a job. And for what Jose Mourinho's teams are, how he manages his teams, the best success he had, well, one of the greatest success he had, Jose Mourinho, was at Chelsea. 
Didier Drogba style type of striker. That is what Lukaku does. That's what Tammy does. I don't think does. mentally like Tammy is the same type of striker as Lukaku, though. I mean, as, as Drogba. And, and that is that is what he wants. No, yeah, Charlie there, there was, there's not another Drogba, for sure. The closest but, but reincarnation of Drogba I've seen right different. now. He, he needs someone different, I think. You, yeah, but it's, it's more so the style of play. It's what the manager asks is for. Jose Mourinho wants a, star, a target man as a striker, someone big and strong to bring the team up to play. Mm. And... He will play and that off hasn't the been striker. Tammy. Tammy hasn't been holding the ball up well. He hasn't finished. He hasn't done anything that Jog, I mean that Mourinho wants him to do. And I think that Lukaku could be that guy. I think you look at the team that Tammy was playing in and what he had to work around, what Jose had to work around with. That was still a good season by what Jose Mourinho got that Roma team to achieve. Really and true before Tammy got injured. Which, and which, it's, which it's, true. you've got to give him time because at the end of the day, we're saying about what Tammy Abraham's doing there. We could talk about so many different strikers. And, you know, we could talk about Nunes. Nunes went to Liverpool. He's got everything around him. And he's still not getting a game. Yeah. And if he was good enough to get a game, we know what Jurgen Klopp's like. You look how Soboslai has gone straight in. You look how Diaz has gone in. I think for me, you've got to remember, Tammy's still young. I think it makes he, sense, this he's move. He's 27, 28, isn't he? He's still, he's still young. young. Tammy's still, still, Tammy's still <laughs> young. But, but, but if, he's got if time you, if to you develop. Mourinho, Nigel, if you were Mourinho... And Roma's going after Lukaku. You wouldn't take Lukaku? No, you take Lukaku so, so because Tammy's injured. You're right. Yeah, but, but Tammy's injured. You need a striker now to compete. Okay, but if they were CR. both healthy, who do you go with? If they're both healthy, more than likely you go with Lukaku because of the experience and also what Lukaku's done in Serie A. Like, Lukaku is a problem in Serie A for sure. Like, we saw he did yeah. it into, into Milan. He can do it again for Roma. And he suits Jose Mourinho perfectly to the type of players and styles Wait, so he goes for in me? that position. Huh? Are you agreeing with me then? I mean, agree, but you didn't say to pick one, did you? You didn't say to pick one, but I'm not going to let you guys go on Tammy but, like and, that. And, no. and especially for Mourinho, not what, like what, what Lukaku like... can do, Lukaku is a, is a hold-up specialist. That's one of the best assets of his game, well, that... where they like getting, where the players like getting wide. You didn't tell me to say pick who you go for. No, that wasn't the, that wasn't the statement or question you made. <laughs> Lukaku is perfect for this team. I don't think you like how I I think you didn't like me slagging. That's it. There's no disrespect to Tammy, but he has, in the two years in a Roma shirt, not shown enough, I think, for the Mourinho, for Roma. Even though he has had his injury issues, when he's been healthy, I don't think he's been good enough. All right, before Tammy got injured, he was on the verge of moving back to maybe a Premier League side, whether I think it was Aston Villa interested, Maybe there was even a shot of Manchester United. Tammy has what it takes. I just think right now as a manager, you don't have Tammy. Roman Lukaku makes perfect sense, and I think he'll be a big hit and, and make Jose Mourinho have another successful season at Roma. Okay. We got there. We got there. Glad we're all on the same page. I think it's a good fit for, yeah. for what Mourinho wants to do. Okay, guys, look at that. See? We just needed to, needed to hash it out. We all got on the same page. Um, we're going to chat more on Serie A later on in the show. We're going to take another break. We are chatting the weekend ahead in the Premier League when we return. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Ford. Here's a look at the weekend of Premier League action. It all kicks off today. Chelsea hosting Luton Town at 3 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow we've got that Bournemouth-Tottenham match at 7.30 a.m. Manchester United hosting Nottingham Forest. Brentford facing Crystal Palace. Everton versus Wolves and Brighton versus West Ham. Then on Sunday, we've got Burnley taking on Aston Villa. That match at 9 a.m. Let's dive into this Chelsea versus Luton Town match because for as much as Chelsea has uh, gone in on this season and the players that they have signed, it hasn't been... Just a billion dollars. Just a billion. (laughs) Casual bill. Just just the cool billion. (laughs) Casual billion. Um, they've They've got one point from two matches. Um, it has not been great. They had that loss to West Ham last weekend. They only drew with Liverpool at home. Um, they desperately, I would say, desperately need a result here. What would you say, Nigel? They more than desperately need a result. They lost to West Ham, and West Ham went down to 10 men. That's a massive, massive loss for Chelsea. The Chelsea fans are not going to be happy with that. Yes, it's Pochettino. It's a building project. You can see... The one difference I would say I have seen in the, in the performances so far is they actually look like a team. It's what I expected from Pochettino. They look like a team compared to last year where it was a bunch of individuals. And Raheem Sterling, for me, has been one of the bright sparks of performances that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see an old Raheem Sterling driving at people, taking people on, making things happen. They desperately need a striker that can put the ball into the back of the net. Yeah. Jackson has been fantastic. The young lad who's playing up there right now, he has tremendous does potential. Does he remind you of Jogberto? Right now. Huh? Does he remind you of Jogberto? He does remind me of Jogberto. He does. <laughs> he I don't care. Does, I can say comparisons. Does, he does. Watch his play. Watch his attributes. They always try and get me here. Right. No, 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 he actually is. He does. He does. He really does. Because if you look at Didier. Oh, my God. Charlie, Charlie, da- yes, Charlie Davies called yeah. Nico Cantor while to, we were on air the, because Lukaku. Nigel made Drop another yes. Charlie, Charlie could call me. I've got but smoke is, for Charlie all day long. We could have it out. Here's the thing, though. He, I, I was trying to set him up, but it, he legitimately, I will let you talk. He actually does have drug mass. Well, he does. Is, but <laughs> but the, thing, the thing with Nico Jackson, I, I, I love his effort. I love his, his, his work rate, how he's able to wiggle past defenders and absorb contact. Contact. He needs to start scoring. Yeah, at 100%. the end of the day, right? And, and, goals are, and, and, and goals are only going to help Chelsea. What I'm also looking forward to is a partnership between Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo. Mm-hmm. Moises Caicedo didn't have the best debut no. last week. No. For the money that they paid for him, it's, it's crazy it's, that in today's world we're paying he, so he, much. Okay, it was a personal duel uh, between him and Pacata as soon as he stepped on the pitch. No, yeah, they, yeah, they started having words with each other. But remember, when you're in those situations as a player, there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors. He was probably was not training with. Brighton, so you're losing fitness, right. you're in preseason, and you can clearly see he didn't look sharp. Right. So there's yeah. a lot that's been going on with this whole transfer saga. The price tag is not he's doing. It's Brighton doing good business. Right. And it's 100%. Chelsea maybe being questionable again in the transfer market. Yeah. Between two players, you paid $222 million <laughs> for me. And then you sign in Cuckoo, who gets injured, who was meant to be your main go-to man as a striker. 
they're struggling right now. Mm -hmm. They really are, and it's a tough game against Luton. And Luton is one team you don't want to play who are going to be old-school Wimbledon for the football buffs. Long <laughs> balls, direct, second balls, and it's going to be an absolute battle. It's not they, going to be a footballing game. They better beat Luton for yeah. their own sake because imagine what people are going to oh, start gosh. saying about a mini-crisis at Chelsea. Yeah. Pochettino can't figure it out. Oh, I, I, want mean, them, I, I want them to lose. It's I, great for me. At Stamford Bridge... You better win. Yeah, 100%. You better win. Yeah, I do I, want to touch on one win. thing. He said Raheem Sterling is the one bright spot for them. He had, he had a social media post where he, he had some kids on his TikTok making fun of his run. He's just, for me, he's such a consummate <laughs> professional. He's taken so much abuse over the years from 17 years old, stood in front of it, put in performances year in, year out. Mm -hmm. I just want to shout him out as just, I'm, a, I'm not a Chelsea fan in the slightest, but I'm oh, you, have to, just, you have to put that out there. Big, yeah. big Raheem Sterling fan, massive Raheem Sterling fan. I, I yeah, he, he deserves it. Last year, he did look lost. He looked lost, but I don't think that he deserves to take the blame because no. Chelsea as a football club as a whole was they an were absolute mess mm -hmm. last year. And then this year now, he looked like he's got the, the desire back again and just the style of play just reminds me of the old Raheem Sterling and like you said they're missing a striker they mm -hmm. need a striker Jackson needs to put it into the mm -hmm. back of the net former Liverpool guy I always got some love for Raheem <laughs> you're one oh. of the few <laughs> remember that few Liverpool he, he was love. wonderful Suarez Sterling yes oh, oh are you kidding that those Didn't were those like 104 fun. goals <laughs> it was absurd no I'm I've, I've got a soft spot for for him for sure um all right let's chat about uh, another game of interest well we've got the the Arsenal fan here hello should we talk about Arsenal Fulham let's do it. let's it's a little do it. North London a little North, 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 North London derby do we like <laughs> that. Um, so Arsenal got the 1-0 win over Crystal Palace just on Monday where they were down to 10 men for a lot, a sizable portion, a sizable of, portion yeah. of this match. And you could tell the guys were just, I mean, they were gassed. I they gave it like all it they could. I didn't feel like it was a very well-refereed game. I'm well, going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there was, no, no, yeah, no. yeah. Listen, there was we got it three points. Tommy, I don't think it was a well-refereed game. Asu, what about so Tommy Asu sent off for a uh, yellow card. <laughs> For a second yellow. A, se a yellow card second. accumulation, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, but without him, he's suspended for this one. How do you think Arsenal are going to line up in, in this well, one? Gabriel is back in the team, but I don't necessarily think he'll be a starter. I think probably Zinchenko will slide in at, at left back. Probably it will be Ben White and Saliba in is the center back pairing. What's and wrong then, with Gabriel? I, I don't he's, know. He's got if, a knock. He's I don't not know if starting. It was a knock. I think there was a little bit of chatter around maybe a uh, transfer, but I, I think that he is staying put. Transfer. Yeah. <laughs> he's a liability at times. If you play in that back line, Gabriel is guaranteed to make one mistake. I don't disagree. I, I think the, the best center back pairing is the pairing that they've been rolling out right now. It's Ben White and Saliba. Probably Thomas Partey will play as the, the inverted right back as he's been playing. So that's like, there's why is Arteta shifting he positions? So and when he you have TVR, I understand he, yeah. he loves to invert, but you invert normally with a right back, with a natural right back, not with a holding midfielder and Thomas Partey. Look, I, I'm I'm no manager, but it's it's just it looks. A bit strange from the outset. Listen, man, I am I am not going to question at this point. I questioned from the start. I questioned the approach. I wasn't completely sure. And now I like the vision. I see the vision. Um, I am not a tactician. I, I am in awe of some of the, the machinations that some of these managers come up with, the inverting full, inverting fullbacks, moving from a back four to a back three. All of it is, is, is fantastic for me to watch. I 
it's been successful so far. Yeah, uh, even fair. having played with for a significant portion against Crystal Palace, a man down, I, I think that it's been successful. I think the players are bought in, which is the most important thing. They all seem so, so excited to play for him. Uh, when you talk, when you listen to Declan Rice talk about what he's learning under Mikel Arteta, he, it feels like he's like never been a footballer before when he, when he, when he talks to the press. So uh, I think that it's an exciting time for, for Arsenal supporters, and I, I think that they'll, they'll get a result. It's just strange well. to me when you have Gabriel on the bench and you got Ben and White. It's, it's because it is a liability. Mikel Arteta plays attention to detail. Yeah. He's seen these players week in, week out. They train at high intensity. He's when you want to compete, you can't game. afford yeah. to make a mistake. Partey going into right back was just because... He's got the ability to play there. I don't think he'll play there. I don't think he'll do the inverted thing like Pep Guardiola. He knows he doesn't have the team to do that. The, quick, the biggest thing for Arsenal still, for me, is still as well, a clinical goal scorer is what's needed. Mm. And Ketia started, good chances, needs to be more clinical. If you're going to compete, Man City's your biggest rivals. They have Erling Haaland. Yeah, we were talking about that with... And Ketia, can Ketia be that guy? There's rumors of season? Ivan Tony in January because he can actually play then. But... You know, mm -hmm. it's a, that's a what? I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> that was good, Nico. <laughs> wow. Wow, Nico. Well played, sir. Oh, man, that was tremendous. Sorry. What a way to lead us. <laughs> As a father, I appreciate the dad joke. All right, guys, time for a timeout. Um, we are going to come back and chat some more matches around Europe on the other side. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Looking ahead to a weekend of La Liga action. Here's a look at the fixtures. We have Cadiz taking on Almeria at 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Granada versus Mallorca. Sevilla hosting Girona tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. We also have Valencia hosting Osasuna. Athletic Club versus Betis. Etafe versus Aleves on Monday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. All those matches on ESPN+. Plus. We also have... A really good matchup between Villarreal and Barcelona on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Um, again, that match on ESPN+. Plus. Barca with a win and a draw mm -hmm. to start the season. Nico, how are you feeling about their performances so far? They, they bounced back last week. They have a young Saramin Yamal, which is it's oh crazy how <laughs> at such a young age he's being slotted in yeah. there and expected to contribute, and he's contributing the way that he is. They're, they're still looking to sign that right back, Barcelona, and there's been strong reports about Joao Cancelo on a loan move from Manchester City. He clearly doesn't want to stay at, at Manchester City. And... For him to fit somewhere, it feels like Barcelona is ideal because they've been playing a lot of centre-backs uh, on, on the right wing, be it uh, Jules Koundé or Araujo. Um, and Xavi, I mean, this is, this is a season where Xavi is expected, probably in the Champions League, with how you've invested in your squad, you got to go deep. And, and to be honest... The premature exit out of the Champions League. They lost in Group Stage of the Champions mm -hmm. League and dropped down again into Europa League. Mm -hmm. After that, 
they were playing top football through the rest of the semester. And had you put that team in Champions League, they were probably better than a lot of that teams. But football doesn't work that way. They lost in the group stage. They lost in the group stage. They can't afford that anymore. Um, but, I mean, Barcelona, per usual, they're, I mean, they're looking good despite everything around the club. It feels like everything is on fire. You know that meme of the, of the, of the, the like, the, dog, the dog in the house where everything's on fire and I'm fine? Yeah. Well, the team looks fine even though everything on fire is around them sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was a hard-fought win for them this past game with Barcelona, watching a, a bit of that game. And the, the young lad is absolutely Unbelievable. phenomenal. My 15 goodness. years old, I think. And obviously, there's also a little bit of uh, play behind that in the sense of the club because of how young he is and don't want to lose him to somewhere else. I think there was reports that his dad is actually a Real Madrid fan. So there's certain times where these clubs do when they know they've got a talent like that. Yeah. Here you go, play first team yeah, football, yeah. see, you're part 16, of the family. 16, by the way. 16 when yeah. he played. So he's, he's sensational. But for me, I, I still feel that Real Madrid look like the, the, the team. Even without a nine? Year. Even without a nine, because you know why? The best summer signing for me, Jude Bellingham was the best summer signing for me. And he's gone in there and shining. And he's only going to get better and better. And especially playing under a manager like Carlos Ancelotti. Mm. You've got Tony Kroos there. You've got Modric there. You're a centre midfielder. He is a phenomenal signing. And I just think that Real Madrid will, will go all the way. Barcelona still, for me, look like they've got the ability to be beaten. Inconsistency, like you said, the right-back situation is a bit of a problem. Um... I'm, I would say Real Madrid would be the better team. Do you like, how do you like their chances in Champions League? Real Madrid? Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, I really do. I, it's I really going out of limb they've on made some for Real Madrid. <laughs> they've made some good additions. I, I'm telling you, the I youth... picked them to win, and I took a little heat for that. No, that was like, they don't have a striker. And I was like, but it's Real Madrid it's, in Champions League. It's Carlos Ancelotti. It's Vinicius Junior's team now. Yeah. Vinicius Junior is the superstar of that team. And then you talk about... Valverde going in there, you still got Chuamini, Jude Bellingham added to that. Yeah, and Kamavinga. Kamavinga for me is one of the most they're, underrated they're, top yeah. players in they're, world they're, football. They're very strong. I want to see how Vinicius Jr. adapts to not playing with a nine. Yeah. Throughout his entire career, he's is played a with a nine. That up. creates some space off of him, but now he's got Jude kind of just floating, and it's Rodrigo and Vinicius that have to create. Mm. In, from different positions with a different dynamic. Does he have the quality to do so? 100%. But it's it's a different dynamic to the game when you don't have a nine. I'm, I'm really interested in kind of both Barcelona and Real Madrid's tactical evolutions this year because Carlo Ancelotti always, forever, he just takes what he has and makes the best out of it. He's not going to try and force them. He, he invented the Christmas tree formation at AC Milan to fit in Pirlo, Cacao, all those players. But with Real Madrid, he's got Vinicius and Rodrigo kind of floating wide with Bellingham in behind. Barcelona's experimented with a back three when Joao Cancelo comes in. Who knows what they're going to play? So both of these teams are so kind of flexible right now. I'm really, really interested to see as the season progresses how we see them evolve. All right, let's uh, move it along to France. Here is a look at the... Uh, France! France! Every time I say it, it is literally, I have that is image that in my head of that Miss French has been a France! Oh, it's so good. Uh, here's some look at uh, Ligue 1 action that we have to look forward to. Uh, starting today, we have Nantes versus Monaco, Marseille versus Brest, PSG or PSG? PSG. PSG versus Lens, Rouen versus Le Havre, Montpellier versus Rennes, Lorient versus Lille, Nice versus Lyon. Can we just do the whole thing in a French accent? So, f- f- fingers crossed, I will be at Marseille Brest tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time 
Wait. Fingers crossed. Wait, Wait what? I'm, How I'm, is I'm, this even possible? I'm, I'm, I'm gone all of next week. I'm going to South of France, and I'm wow. JFK, wow, Charles de Gaulle, <laughs> Charles de Gaulle. There's, there's a wedding, there's a wedding in, in like, Italy. Wow. I'm gone next week. I asked for wow. vacation. I'm hoping oh to God. make that. I'm hoping to go to. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but Ooh, I want to go to Velodrome. My first time in Velodrome. Those Marseille fans are, aren't going to be happy with the team oh. not making champions. No, 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 so no. Wait, maybe are you I can leaving tonight? Tonight. Okay. That's incredible. <gasps> Bon voyage, mon ami. That's very exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Um, okay, so let's talk about PSG and Lens. <laughs> Lens. Uh, PSG are winless so far on this season. Yeah. How concerned should we be? And I know that there has been a lot of off-the-field drama surrounding them, but it seems like you know things have kind of settled down. But how how does this? translate into success on the field now that they've kind of put some things to, to rest? I wouldn't be too concerned with PSG. I think for me, the fans are in a bit of a reset mode. You know, they want to go back to the history and the tradition of the club, which is the academy. They're one of the best clubs in Europe for the producing talent and having an abundance amount of talent come through the academy system. They try the Galactico style, we're buying players. The fans have gone completely against it. It didn't work. It wasn't done properly. Kylian Mbappe, yes, is the main man. Kylian Mbappe is Mr. Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> this whole re-contract negotiation signing again for me, I think, is a better way for him to leave the club because eventually he wants to go to Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be some kind of release clause put in this contract to make it easier for him. Um, Dembele is a good signing for him to go into it. Dembele, for me, would bring something different to them. But I think that the fans know it's a reset, but there is still that high demand to want to win the league. And then they'll see how far they can go in the Champions League. I'm, I'm sorry. I just looked at this last picture of Mbappe. And <laughs> I cannot take him seriously with that face. I think I, think I agree with you. In, in Ligue 1, like, look at this. Come on. <laughs> in Ligue 1, I think they will be fine. I think they yeah. will probably end the year as champions. They, they have, although they have lost some incredible talent in Neymar and Messi, I think they have added intelligently. Manuel Ugarte in midfield, I think, is a fantastic signing. I think Gonzalo Ramos up front is a fantastic signing. Usman Dembele will come good for them. I think in Ligue 1, they will be fine. Champions League, it's a whole different story. I don't know if I would put any money on them to win Champions League anytime soon. Mm. Um, I would see probably another round of 16 exit if I'm looking at them, my crystal ball right now. But I think if you're putting on, if, if you're going to talk about Liga, I wouldn't worry too much there. I have faith in Luis Enrique that he can sort it out. Um, and when push comes to shove, there'll be a strong team in the Champions League. But he's got some time. It depends on the draw, but... I have much faith in PSG getting out of the group stage. And then when knockout stage comes around, that's when we got to see Luis Enrique's magic. <laughs> it it depends on the draw, but you have a feeling they no, can get out of the group. They can get a tough group, right? Because, they, well, last season was yeah. inexcusable, right? You should get out of that group with Benfica, Maccabi Haifa, and, and Juve. Yeah. But with, with Mbappé, Usman Dembélé, which we, I guess we expect to start this weekend, right? And, yeah. and Gonzalo Ramos up top. They've got Vitinha playing well. Zaire Emery, who's part of the academy. Part of the academy, um, yeah. With Ugarte, they seem a much, not a little bit more balanced, they seem much more yeah, balanced. They needed that steel than, that Ugarte they, they, they Than last year. Um, but again, as long as Luis Enrique figures is out in the Champions League, he's good because he's going to be judged on Champions League success only. Yeah, I mean, again, 
it's unfair, just like with Manchester City, it's unfair to say off the bat, you've got to win Champions League. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I, there's no one that you put that upon that's either like Pep Guardiola or the amount of spending that Chelsea. <laughs> Manchester City, PSG, or even Chelsea. Imagine Chelsea. you got to win the Champions League. A billion dollars? Well, it, it, it's, di it's a difficult ask. It's like almost unrealistic. But if they can make, what, semi-final, final PSG? for Luis Enrique's first season with a no Neymar, no Messi squad, wouldn't look too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still can't believe you're going to the south of France. Tonight. Yeah. We just dropped that one on. It's I all sure casual. Did. All right. uh, <laughs> before we go to break, here's a look at some other notable, notable European fixtures to look forward to. This weekend, um, we are going to take a break, but we are looking ahead to a weekend of MLS action when we return. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to Morning Footy, presented by Ford. MLS regular season is back. Here's a look at this weekend's matchups to look forward to. You can watch all these matches on Apple TV+. Plus. We've got Charlotte FC and LAFC at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Orlando City taking on St. Louis. Columbus Crew, Toronto. Ooh, I like this one. A Copa Tejas. FC Dallas versus Austin FC. That game at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And then we round things out with a Cascadia Cup rivalry match between Portland Timbers and Vancouver at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Again, all these matches on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's talk about a few of these derbies that we have to look forward to, including uh, a Copa, Copa Tejas. Copa Tejas. Copa Tejas. Uh, we've got Austin taking on FC Dallas hosting Austin. Uh, both these teams I, I, kind of meddling right now. Mm. I, in fact, I was actually surprised when I looked at the MLS standings to see that Dallas was as far down as they were, Nigel. They're sitting there in 10th. And for Austin, this is a team that made it to the Western Conference Finals last year off the backs of incredible season performances from Sebastian Drusi, who just hasn't really found his way this year. I know he's dealt with some injuries, but it's been wildly inconsistent for Austin when I think the expectations for them were going to be pretty high in the West this year. What do you what do you make of, of this matchup? I think for me, it is a real difficult one. Uh, Drusi really hasn't performed. But again, for what he does... You'd have to say that having a real striker to finish the, put the ball into the back of net has been a problem. Because they have created chances in most of the games that they've played. But putting it into the back of the net has been their biggest uh, problem. Zardes has got some good goals, but I think you can be a bit more demanding on him. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel that he does what he should do in the sense of using his strength, playing to his strength, being more target man, being more aggressive in the air when the crosses come in. It has been a disappointing season for Austin. I think it's more of a rebuild face for them and, and Dallas have been inconsistent really and truly D Dallas throughout the season it's, you don't know what you're going to get from Dallas sometimes you get a great performance uh, Jesus Ferreira it's, it's his team he really and truly he is the man for FC Dallas and again you just feel that uh, Velasco the young lad again he's been a bit inconsistent for them throughout this season but you probably say overall 
as much as Dallas are further down, they probably had a better season for the players that they're working with it's compared a, yeah. to Austin. Yeah. It's a, it's That's a strange just the reality. One. It's interesting, though, but too, because you mentioned Jesus Ferreira kind of being the guy for, for Dallas. Um, he has to score in this one, basically, because they've won seven of eight games in which he has a goal. So when Jesus Ferreira scores, Dallas tends to win. When he does not, they don't get results, which yeah. is an interesting dynamic when you're relying so much on, on one player. They added a player with European experience, mm -hmm. Asieri Larramendi. Yep. Um, I, I don't know where he fits in because Quinon hasn't been bad. It's that, that midfield is, is Quinon legit, legit, right? Mm -hmm. I guess he's going to fit in just a little bit more depth. You, when you bring in a player of that European experience, you'd imagine he'd start. So I want to see how Nico Estevez kind of works the puzzle around to, to fit him in. But if... If Jesus, uh, again, just to further your guys' point. They also, but then if you look it's got to be Jesus. You look at the squad, though, you'd have to say for what Dallas have compared to Austin's squad, Dallas have probably had the better season, mm -hmm. really and truly. Like, Austin yeah. have massively underachieved this season. That's something that they just right. have to accept and take. Yeah, Jerusalem's got, what, seven goals this season? and He, he was, was a was leading MVP candidate last year. Dallas has six goals, and they haven't kept a clean sheet in seven matches. So <laughs> it's... That's not very good. No. <laughs> They're not scoring goals. And not On the other side, Dallas, Dallas gave up six goals yeah. to St. Louis in their last match. So, I don't know. This could go. This could go. A lot of, some goals? A lot of goals? A lot of goals? Some goals? Maybe. Well, they gave, they gave up four goals to Miami. That's the last game that they played. That was so, 20 days ago. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's add to that as well. Before. It's, it's interesting because, let's be real, <laughs> for the players' perspective, you just had a mini World Cup mid-season. <laughs> And then now you're going into the second half of your season. So it's hard to judge those games that you've seen in the Mini World Cup going yeah. back into a season because the mindset changes. Yeah. You've gone from a mini tournament, now you're going back to league play again. Yeah. So getting that mindset of, you know, 90 minutes, 1-1 one, one ends up as a draw. There isn't no extra time or, you know, knockouts and this and that. It's going to be difficult to get those players back into that kind of mindset quick. That's yeah. a good point. Um, here's a look at the current Copa Tejas standings as it is right now. Austin <laughs> FC are leading the way with... Six points, uh, followed by Houston and FC Dallas, only one point. You would know. Do, do, do they actually get a Copa? Yes, they do. <laughs> Ooh. You know what it looks like? I, I, it's, I've never I, seen the Copa. I think it's, it's pretty a, underwhelming. It's a steer. Oh, it's either it, a cowboy boot or a, like a ram. A, a, a I think it's a cowboy boot. boot. Yeah. It's got to be a cowboy yeah. or something like that. <laughs> there's a, there's a, the, the Houston-Dallas rivalry has a, they play for like, it's like a cannon. Mm. And that one's pretty, that's, that's like right an now. actual cannon. Shout out Austin, cool. by the way. Mapi Leon of Barcelona was rocking an Austin jersey. Oh, in heck the, yeah. The Barcelona I will say, Austin's branding is just straight fire. Shout out Meg Linden. She knows what she's doing. She's crushing. <laughs> Meg Linden is a she's a, a ledge. All right, let's move it along to um, another rivalry match. This one, a Cascadia Cup rivalry match between the Portland Timbers and the Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> Here's a look at those standings as they are right now. Portland currently in the lead with seven points. Vancouver right there at six. And Seattle, surprisingly, down Here there in fourth. I've won a Cascadia Cup. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Back in your right days there. with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah, I never actually go. saw the cup, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? But, did, you, did you drink out of it? It was a participation trophy, I don't know. But yeah, we, we, we won it apparently one time, so I don't know. It just, it just means a lot to the fans. That's yeah. what it is for me. You know, I wasn't so, like, it means a lot to Nigel the fans. Nigel wasn't it's bothered, great. but the fans <laughs> loved it. Yeah, so. They ate it up. That's great. Um, so the, I guess the big news here is that uh, Portland have fired Gio Savarese yep. after they got absolutely demolished.
by Houston, 5-0. They gave up three goals in 14 minutes in that match. And they have been struggling all season long, and apparently, and I know, you know, Houston is a tough place to play. It is hot. It is humid. They have been really, really good at home, as we saw in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, tough to beat, but it just, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back um, for Gio Savarese. So, Nigel, for you, in, in terms of, you know, sometimes we see like a, a new coach bounce. I think it's going to be Miles Jordan taking over as interim head coach. He's a longtime assistant. How, how do teams generally respond when their coach is fired, you know, sort of midway through the season? It sounds bad, but it stimulates the dressing room. You know, mm -hmm. for the players who weren't playing and mainly on the bench, it gives them that re-energize again that everyone's going to be on a level playing field. Now you've got to get that energy back up to prove to the coach or the manager why you should start. Again, you, I mean, you look at Portland, how they've played this season. I think they've been their own Achilles heel by playing so deep defensively. Like, they need to play higher up the pitch. They've done this whole low block, we're going to sit and try and play counter-attacking, but they don't really have the players that you need to counter-attack and be efficient with it and be clinical with it. You know, they need, definitely need to play higher up the pitch. And I think, for me, that's what's been so hard for Evander. You bring in a player of his quality and calibre, he needs to be higher up the Close pitch. He should not be carrying the ball <laughs> 60 yards up the pitch and expect to finish it. Like, that's not what you want him yeah. in for. You need him to get the ball in the final third to do what he does because he does have the talent and ability. It takes a bit of time to settle into this league because it's not that easy to. But you need to play to his strengths. He's your DP. Yeah. Be brave. Play higher up the pitch. Get him the ball in the final third to show people what he can do because when he does get those opportunities, he shows it. Special. Yeah. yeah. It, the thing that struck me in that game against Houston was that they just kind of gave up. You know, it was almost like you just didn't see any fight as soon as they conceded. It felt like the project had gone a little bit yeah. stale after so long. Yeah. I agree yeah, that that's at exactly least the point I was Savarese, make. Savarese yeah. should have got the rest of the season. We talked about this last time just because he's taken the club there and they have those like last season they do and, that and he took them to two mls, two cup, MLS cup finals cups, they, so. they won the mls's back tournament back yeah. in the bubble that, in the day. i, I, I mean, love you guys have this energy for that like that but we've seen european coaches win league titles and win champions League and get sacked the well, next day in, in europe there's a different demand <laughs> than, well, why can we, okay but why can we not put the same demand over here because there's we no should, relegation <laughs> well we could still no put this, we can still put the same demand <laughs> no, for, real no but we can still put the same demand for success like we've got to it's give true. a lot more Especially for club responsibilities like for coaches and managers sure. we've got to because Portland is one of the teams that is recognized in MLS like the fan base is phenomenal mm -hmm. everything they do for the players is phenomenal so they should be able to put Fair. that demand on their managers to say this is what we expect we should be in the top three top four all yeah. the time and you should be able to deal with that I, I don't disagree at all I think the cycle like you said went on too long five and a half years is almost unheard of when you talk about the modern game managers stay for maybe three four years Jurgen Klopp has been there forever now at Liverpool. But There's only an a handful of managers that, are, that stay that long. In, in this right. modern game, I feel like you need turnover to, to freshen it up. And especially when you see it hasn't been successful, it mm -hmm. probably should have been a little earlier. Jurgen Klopp had that seven-year itch, let's just say. It's the seven-year <laughs> itch at Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Well, he's got, he's got seven, he got seven-year itch at Mainz. <laughs> seven-year itch at Dortmund. And now he's got that seven-year itch at Liverpool. So the longest oh, he man. has ever stayed at a it's single It's the club. longest he's stayed. That's why it's a niche. That's why. <laughs> I see you. I see you over there. Also, I just noticed Miles Joseph is the interim head coach. Want to make sure. I think I said Jordan. Sorry. 
It's Friday. You were thinking of Jordan Henderson. I was thinking of Jordan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in full full Liverpool mode at this point. Um, all right, or guys. Michael Jordan, Chicago. Girl. Or Michael Jordan. A lot of good Jordans out there. <laughs> uh, and Jordan Angeli. Look at that. Ah, there you go. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. We are chatting uh, some Serie A with Marco Messina when we return after a short break. Don't go anywhere.